and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. I'm curious, do you want to know how to achieve lasting positive transformation, abundance and empower your life? If you are not happy with where you are today and the repeating patterns that represent in your life over and over again, then a radical shift is what's required to help you make changes and live your life more on purpose. All you need to do is sign up to our email list and you will receive an online module on how to create radical paradigm shifts. You can get it completely for free when you sign up to our email list at katherineplano.com. And as a valued subscriber, you are also going to get exclusive content that's only available to our email subscribers, where we will have members-only events, free access to online masterclasses, VIP and discount tickets to all events. Only available for people on our email list, we offer bonus content with more advanced tips that are exclusive just for our email subscribers. There is an amazing stuff available for you only if you sign up to the email list and you can do that by going to katherineplano.com and sign up on the homepage. This week, I am super stoked and super excited. We have an amazing, amazing guest for you, Mickey Agrawal. Mickey is a serial social entrepreneur who was named Fast Company's Most Creative People in 2018, Young Global Leader by the World Economic Forum, and Inc.'s Most Impressive Women Entrepreneurs. In addition to building her company's Thinks Tushy and Wild to a collective valuation of over $150 million. She is a number one best selling author of Do Cool Shit, a step by step guide to building your dream business, and now Disrupt Her, a modern manifesto that questions and confronts all of the major societal preconceptions and disrupts them one by one. Mickey has always loved questioning the status quo and society's approach to things and she has always pondered on whether there is a better, more efficient, more environmentally friendly, more design considered, more artful way of doing them. She has always been fascinated with the process of discovery, invention and rapid improvements and her favourite saying is, iteration is perfection. Mickey has built successful companies that have tackled taboos head on and that are truly changing culture and improving the lives of millions of people around the world. 
It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, today I'm super excited. We have an amazing guest for you. We have Mickey Agrawal. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thank you. So now, happy to be here. Oh, so am I. Very, very happy. For the for our listeners, you've got to check out her website. It is absolutely amazing. And check out the videos. Talk about one hell of a creative individual. Love it. So, Mickey, the way that we start the show is always love to ask our woman of inspiration to share her unique story. So tell us, how did you get to where you do today? Whoa, that's a, a big one. Um well, I guess um, I'm born and raised in Montreal, Canada, um, to a Japanese mother and Indian father from India, dot not feather. <laughs> and um, I, you know, was born um, with an identical twin uh, named Rada, and I have a third sister, Yuri, who's 11 months older than us. So we were actually Irish triplets. And, you know, growing, growing up in Montreal, Canada, you know, really had the beautiful opportunity to go to school seven days a week, like, um, Monday through Friday, we had French school. And then Saturday we had, um, Japanese school and Sunday we had Hindi school. And so I think I just got exposed to a lot of different cultures and different philosophies and different, obviously languages, um, from a, from a really, really early age. And as a result, I think that sort of helped shape a lot of my current, um, experiences and, and businesses. So, um, after I went to college, you know, I played soccer my whole life and, um, played soccer all four years in college. And, and my dream originally was to become a professional soccer player. And, um, and, you know, as I graduated from college, I, I got a job in investment banking. Um, and then nine 11 happened and I was actually supposed to be there on that day. And, um, you know, two world trade centers, my subway stop every single morning. And it was, you know, a, a crazy time. It was one of the only, it was pretty much the only day in my life I slept through my alarm clock. And then there, um, and so that sort of like really made, became a wake up call for me to really that the mystery of life is you never know when it's going to end, you know, and that the time was absolutely now in that moment to make, to make it count. And every moment thereafter counted. Um, and, uh, and so I, I wrote down three things I want to do with my life. And, and the first was to play soccer professionally. The second was to make movies. And then the third was to start a business. And, um, I tried out for the New York soccer team, made, made the team, made the starting lineup against, you know, a, a bunch of D one players from around the world. And, um, made the team, made a starting lineup, and was all set to quit my job, investment banking. But then I played my first game of the season and then tore my ACL, and so had to sort of delay that time. And just fast forward, ended up quitting my job, investment banking, and then got a job in, in the film industry. Um, and then very quickly, while I was there, you know, figured out something that was wrong, um, sort of a pain point in my life, which was just food and, and specifically eating, you know, processed comfort food like pizza really caused hurting, you know, stomach aches and stomach problems for me. And so when I was 24 years old, I came up with the idea to start New York City's first gluten-free farm-to-table alternative pizza concept and opened my first location when I was 25 years old and then, um, and then opened 
you know, four more locations since um, all gluten-free farm tables are still around today. You can check out eatdrinkwild.com. And then thereafter, um, you know, found an amazing restaurant partner who, who, you know, didn't steal from me and didn't, you know, really hurt me. And, um, and he, uh, you know, took over the restaurant operations, which then freed up my time to focus on my next business, which was, um, again, filling a pain point. Um, and this time it was in the period space. And so, um, and so, um, spent the next, um, yeah, I spent the next uh, four years, you know, with my twin sister and our uh, my friend Antonia working on um, period-proof underwear uh, that protects you from leaks and keeps you feeling dry because, you know, I would run from one restaurant to another and forget to change my tampon or pad and just had accident after accident after accident. It was a huge problem. And, um, and so finally, I just, again, looked into the industry, discovered that the feminine hygiene category is a $15 billion category, and there had only been three major innovations in the entire 20th century, you know, tampons, pads, menstrual cups. And so that's when my, my you know, we, we, we my, my sister, my friend and I, you know, came together and, and built Thinks and created Thinks, um, the period proof underwear brand. Um, and then most recently, I started the company Tushy which is a modern bidet brand looking at disrupting the multi-billion dollar toilet paper category um, that hasn't changed since the late 1800s. You know, think about, um, you know, the way we wipe ourselves with dry paper, you know, hasn't changed since the late 1800s. And it's causing a lot of issues both in the health and hygiene category, you know, to the tune of 30 million combined cases of chronic urinary tract infections, hemorrhoids, anal fissures, anal itching, you know, wet wipes simply don't work. You know, and um, and then of course the environment, the environmental issues. Are, there are 15 million trees that get cut down every single year, just for toilet paper consumption. It's really, really hurting the planet and um, causing a lot of downstream effects um, for all the, you know, the places that are being logged. You know, all the wildlife, you know, go away, and it just has so many downstream negative effects. Um, and so I'm really, really passionate about creating a product that eliminates the need for toilet paper or minimizes by, by over 80%. So we've, we've created a beautiful modern bidet called Tushy that easily clips onto your existing toilet and turns any toilet into a bidet in less than 10 minutes. There's no plumbing, no electrical, nothing required. It's a $79 product. It's super affordable. And it easily attaches to your toilet. It, it, you know, it pulls the water from your wall, the same water you brush your teeth with. It's not from the tank or the bowl. It's just clean water. You know, um, the analogy I always give is like you would never jump in your shower, not turn the water on and just use dry paper to, you know, wipe your body down. You would just never do that, right? And so um, just using water, which is a universal cleaner, um, is an obvious, is the obvious answer. So I've been spent spending my time really focusing on Tushy. Um, definitely do not go to Tushy.com. It's a, a very graphic porn site. <laughs> go to hellotushy.com, um, hellotushy.com and, um, and check out the product, uh, there. It's just, I'm really, really pa- proud and passionate about the environmental and, and, and health and hygiene, um, solutions that it's, that it's causing, that it's, you know, bringing forth. Um, and then I would say, um, you know, I, I, I'm also proud of the fact that we also are helped fighting the global sanitation crisis. We've helped five, you know, five, 50,000 families gain access to clean sanitation, clean toilets in India. Um, and, uh, and so that, that project is, is, is really, is really continuing. We're doubling and tripling our business year over year. 
Um, and then I, I wrote two books. One's called Do Cool Shit and one's called Disrupt Her. My second most recent one's called Disrupt Her. Do Cool Shit is, you know, has the tagline, quit your day job, start your own business and live happily ever after. And, um, and it's really about looking at how to go from step zero to step one in business and life, how to raise money for the first time, how to get pressed for the first time, how to really come up with your idea and how to, how to, you know, really synthesize it in the right way, how to get people to really rally behind your idea, what to do when you, you kind of like falter. And there's just, you know, all the things that, that, that happen when you go from step zero to step one in business and your life, you can, you can define and do cool shit. And then Disruptor I wrote, um, came out this year. I'm really proud of. Um, it's a manifesto for the modern woman and it's really looking at, um, you know, why we listen to societal preconditioning and why we're forced to, you know, while we feel like we can't do things like talk about money openly, why we feel like, you know, we have to get serious as we grow up and why, you know, stuff has so much value in the world and why, you know, we live in a culture of complaining and we live in a world where, you know, oftentimes, you know, women do support women, but there's oftentimes like women who are the most catty to one another. Like, where does that come from? You know, really unpacking so many societal preconditioning that exists in the world, like understanding where the, where the historical context comes within each of those categories and then disrupting them one by one. So that's me. Wow. I'm sitting there going, I just can't get over how creative you are. And um, obviously this is uh, something that uh, has been innate in you since you were a little girl um, because yeah. it's, it's pretty amazing how much you've created in such a short time. Uh, we have a lot of entrepreneurs that actually listen to this show. And so what would be some uh, pointers? And because you were talking about your book, uh, do cool shit, uh, mm-hmm. taking them from a like step one to step whatever that step, may be approach step to zero to step one, yeah, zero to step one. So, what would be some things out of that book that you would like to share with our listeners? Some real sort of significant pointers out of the book. Yeah, I mean, you know, one thing is how to get people to help you with your idea. I think a lot of people think like they have to just be like, can I pick your brain? You know, that just never works. Nobody wants to have their brains picked. Nobody has time for that. And most oftentimes, if you send an email or send someone a message being like, can I pick your brain? Like the the person on the other side probably deletes that message and never returns your email or call. So rather than saying that, you have to make make it a win-win. So how do you get somebody to, you know, to really support? your idea. Well, first you have to start, you have to lead with supporting them. And so what I did, um, to, to get my idea off the ground and and really shop it with some of my smartest people in my life and smartest people that I knew and get them incentivized to show up was, um, I sent everybody a message saying, you know, you have, you have been handpicked to attend a meeting of the minds and where 20 of the most brilliant minds are going to come together in a beautiful space in New York City, you know, where dinner is going to be served and we just need your presence there and your, and your mind to come in and help solve some puzzles. And then you kind of like break down, like, you know, I have a, you know, there's a new business that's launching a very exciting new business. And I'd like to, you know, help like uh, uncover it for, uh, with you in the room. So it make, creates intrigue. It makes it fun. They all of a sudden are like, they feel flattered because they got handpicked by you. They feel, you know, just handpicked in general. Oh, they get to meet 20 other brilliant minds. Interesting. Oh, they get to go to a beautiful space in New York city. Interesting. Oh, they get to, um, have a beautiful free meal on the house. That's kind of, that's beautiful. That's fun. Okay. That would make me show up. 
And so all of a sudden, you know, you go from, can I pick your brain to to nobody showing up? And then also going from having one-on-one meetings with 20 people, which would take forever versus one night where you invite all 20 people together, you incentivize them to come and show up by meeting each other, having a beautiful meal that I, I got 20 out of 20 yeses in that way. And so just how to, how to flip ways and techniques of getting what you want and making it a win-win for the other as well. Stuff like that. Love it. Absolutely love it. And so then how would you co- coordinate? You've got your 20 guests sitting there. So how did you uh-huh. coordinate and do a bit of a brainstorming session for them yeah. to have input into your idea? Yeah. So basically I had a list of 20 questions that I handed out um, on a piece of paper. And so each person got the handout and then we went through. So, so as throughout dinner, we would just, the handout would have, okay, we'll go through question number one. So, you know, what is the business? And so I'll say, okay, the business is a gluten-free pizza concept, um, alternative pizza concept. Uh, and then everyone, you know, and then people would just kind of try and it's like, Oh, interesting. Like, as in, do you mean like, like, so gluten-free is an alternative or is it, what do you, what are the ingredients? What are the, what, what are, what are you, what are you offering? Is it just, is it pizza? Like what are the, what, what's the, what's on the menu? So it was like, I really went from just like a broad idea to then starting to go into the, de- the details of what the business is about. In fact, in that meeting, so I had this one meeting in the minds that, you know, that, that was so incredible. It was supposed to last two or three hours ended up lasting seven and a half hours because everyone got so excited and so interested in the unpacking of what the business was going to be that they wanted to stay the whole time. What was so cool about it was I also interviewed, brought in 20 people from different walks of life. You can't bring 20 like bankers or 20 creatives or 20 artists in the room. I had one banker, one lawyer, one artist, one creative, one musician, one entrepreneur, one, you know, architect, one like, you know, advertising person. I had 20 people from different walks of life come into the room so that their unique perspective of how they see the world was just absolutely different to the person next to them and the person next to them. And it was great because then they each got to meet each other, which they otherwise wouldn't get to meet each other in their industries because they're not in each other's industries. And so they all of a sudden made 20 new, new contacts in different industry, but they're all high performing people. Um, and so, so I got tons and tons of ideas in those, in, in that meeting and including the name, you know, we were like, Oh, the name is the name. You know, I want to feel like a really clean food experience. Like when you eat pizza, it's like this messy, greasy thing and your fingers smell like pizza the whole time. And so when we first launched my pizza was cut into little bite-sized pieces, like little sushi bites. Cause when you think about sushi, they're like clean, there's no mess. And the, and I ended up offering them on sushi plates. And so the first seven years of my, my, my restaurant, you know, it's called slice and you offer, you were offered like little slices of a pizza and it was served on a sushi plate and it was super clean experience. It was healthy and healthy means clean. So it was like, it was like a really, really well thought through from start to finish. The entire business plan was written that night. Um, so, so much came from it, but, but yeah, then I had a big whiteboard and I had people wanting to like, Oh, they had an idea. And they like, someone wanted to like raise their hand and they jumped up and they wrote it on the whiteboard and they kind of like, it was not a big whiteboard, but like a notepad. So you a gigantic notepad. And so I got to keep that notepad and, and use all of those ideas for the next several months as I like really developed the restaurant idea. So that was huge for me. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what were the prerequisite for you to actually select these 20 people? 
Um, it was, they had to be high performing. They had to be, you know, um, seasoned in their fields. They had to be, well, they just like, sort of like ha- have been around in a community for a while, um, in an industry, but just really like 20 brilliant people, you know, ultimately the criteria was 20 brilliant people. That was the criteria. And were these masterminds, uh, uh, part of the other businesses like Thinks and Tushy? Uh, nope. No, no, those are completely different. You know, actually with, with thinks, um, we didn't, I mean, yeah, with thinks was so much just conversations as I, you know, went anywhere. I would just ask women, like how many pairs of underwear do you have that are like in the back of your drawer that are stained and that are considered your period underwear, you know? And I would ask, you know, my husband would ask people a question, like all my friends would ask people those questions. It just became a really funny, fun conversation that people would have about their period underwear and, um, and their periods. And, and then all of a sudden we really discovered that there was so much shame associated with it and, and weirdness around it. And that's what was really, really important to me to really help, you know, el- eliminate the shame in that category. And then of course with Tushy, the same thing it was a lot of talking to people and a lot of like understanding of what was happening to, you know, the planet and how, you know, just even going to the bathroom, so many people had so many ailments down there, had like, you know, people had GI issues, people had very loose stool and they would have to wipe and it was just gross and they would use wet wipes, but then they would, it would the wet wipes strip away the natural oils from your behind, which cause anal fissures and anal itching because you need those very precious oils back there. Otherwise you'll, you'll just be dry and coarse and itch. And then eventually your, your skin will start to break and will cause lacerations back there. It's just a problem. So there's like people with GI issues, people who have mobility issues, people who have weight issues and can't necessarily like wipe their own butt sometimes. Like people who have, you know, like just so many, like, like, just like I, like I said, hemorrhoids, you know, chronic hemorrhoids, chronic urinary tract infections, women who are pregnant or post-pregnant who have very, very sensitive vaginal areas, you know, women who get their period, like gay men, you know, who want to stay clean back there. Like women, like before sex, after sex on their periods, like every scenario you need to be clean down there. And and right now, dry paper isn't doing the job. And so using a very precise stream of water, clean water to that, that, that precious sensitive area is just an obvious solution. But I learned about, I, I, that for, for Tushy specifically and, and, and Thinks was a lot of conversations um, just because it was just a... Um, I think it was just a different thing because with the restaurants, I was so, so, so new. I didn't really um, know where to begin and what to do for second, third, fourth, fifth. And I think with things, I had a little bit more of an idea. I mean, although it was it was impossible to raise money with things, and I had to do a Kickstarter, you know, with my co-founders, my sister and my my with my friend Antonio, I had to like launch a Kickstarter campaign because we wouldn't we couldn't raise any money. And so just like along the way with each business, so much information was learned and, and taken and then informed the next business and informed the next business. Wow. And so that's how I guess you launched Thinks is through Kickstarter. You had that was obviously very, very successful. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Kickst- um, the ki- well, the Kickstarter was, was okay. I mean, we, we did a, you know, we, we, our goal was $50,000 and we raised 65,000 on Kickstarter. And that was the hardest 45 days of my life where I had to like literally go on Facebook and bug like everyone in my kindergarten teacher to like buy a pair of underwear <laughs> pre-order. And I was like, um, hi, I don't have talked to you in like basically ever, but will you check out my period proof underwear? It's a product. And people are like, what? I don't get it. Weird, but I guess, okay. I mean, you know, and so we, you know, we raised 65,000 on Kickstarter 
And then, you know, we, we entered a few competitions because now there are some startup competitions where you can win a cash prize. We won a cash prize of 25000 And then we launched a very shitty 1.0 website. And then we did an Indiegogo campaign to talk about our mission and um, our give back mission, which is helping girls in the developing world get access to menstrual products and raise another $20,000 there. So all together, we kind of cobbled like $130,000 and used that money to, to make our first production run of underwear. So it was a really, you know, like just, just like, just grinding to get that first production run happening. Wow. And then once we got that production run in, uh, then we got to send the product out to all of our Kickstarter customers and our pre-orders and to our Indiegogo customers and everyone, which was a bitch in and of itself. But then we finally got that, the product out and then we conducted a survey after that to all the customers, we got about 500 responses. And from those responses, like 99% of it was glowing, like super stoked, excited responses. You know, some feedback, like the leg holes are a little bit too tight, so we had to fix the elastic and stuff like that. But like overarchingly just incredible feedback. And then we used that survey to then go and raise about $400,000, $450,000 rent from anyone who would, you know, some angel, from angel investors. And then, um, and then thereafter we raised another, you know, million and a half dollars from, uh, uh, from another, from another sort of fund. And then, and then that, that we just built from there. Wow. So did you, um, cause I know that there's, there's different entrepreneurs that we've had on the show where they've actually, um, done a little bit of promoting of their products and services on the likes of say Kickstarter. And, uh, they've had to get a, um, I guess a consultant to assist them because it was so difficult. Uh, it sounds yeah. like you did it all your on your own. Oh yeah. It was all on our own. And it's like, you know, to, to, today to build a comp to basically take, you know, we probably raised a total of like $2 million and, uh, and, and, you know, to return like over a hundred million dollars, you know, is, is pretty to build a hundred million dollar plus business, you know, is, is pretty, pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's wild that it was so, so, so like, it was like, it was like going uphill in quicksand, like in molasses boots where you're slightly sinking every step, you know, mm. it was a very, very challenging, challenging first few years. And, um, took us four years to develop the right product. I mean, it was just, yeah, every bit of it was was a challenge. Mm. And was this, I mean, obviously this prepared you to then launch Tushy. Was it the same sort of scenario with Tushy? Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, it's interesting because sometimes I do feel like, you know, as a female entrepreneur, um, like it's as though I never built anything in the past, like, a bit like meeting investors again for Tushy. It's like you think about like, you know, people who've built companies and then they, 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 they launch their next company and then they, they easily raise the money. But I think sometimes when you're, I don't know, maybe it was just, it was just a weird thing, but I, I had a, it was a very interesting thing where I was launching a pretty similar product, but it was once again, extremely difficult to raise the money. And so I actually, what I did was I hired a white male CEO <laughs> and, and we got to, we raised the money very quickly thereafter. And so, you know, sometimes you have to just join the, you have to, sometimes you have to just like figure out the right strategy that works. And, and then like, for me, like the way I thought about it was, you know what, rather than having to be, you know, going into these meetings, uh, I'd rather just hire somebody and hire somebody that people like, you know, f like, I guess, you know, the old boys club would get. So I hired a white male, didn't complain about it. And then, you know, I'm, I, all the, the proceeds that I'm making, I'm, in, I'm investing in, in women's companies, you know, so I've made 14 investments 
to date. And they're all, they have at least all of them have at least one female founder. Um, 90% of them have at least one female founder. So, you know, that's how the, that's how the change is being happening. But in the meantime, just, you know, just play ball, mm. you know, sometimes you do, don't you? It's just about playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. So for our entrepreneurs that are listening to the show right now, what would be a piece of advice uh, that you would like to give them? Because I know that uh, you are one very successful entrepreneur and you've got, um, you know, lots of different uh, businesses. Uh, What would be something that you would like to share with them as a way to, because I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there, very creative and probably um, try things out, but then give up too soon. You know, they don't have that stamina like you do. You just keep going, keep going, keep going until you just break through whatever you're you're breaking through. Uh, what would be a piece of advice for them? To like, like to keep going, you mean? Yeah, or? like how do you keep going when, you know, things are so difficult or things are so tough? What's that driver? You, you, yeah, you just have to have a deep belief that this is going to work and you know it because it's a pain point that you have. Like in my book, do cool shit. I talk about the three questions to ask yourself before starting any business. Like what do you, what are the questions I ask myself before I start any, any company? And the first is what sucks in my world? You know, so that's to start with me. It has to be a pain point that starts with me. Starting my restaurants, I had a terrible stomach ache constantly. I, I couldn't eat my favorite comfort food you know, with my, with, with things like have, I just had period accidents every single month. It was such a pain in the ass, you know, with, with, with Tushy, I, I, you know, I had a very hyperthyroid condition, which made me poop like eight times a day. And I wanted to, um, you know, uh, I, I, I needed to poop in an easier way without having to jump in the shower every time. And so it has to start with me. And the second question is, you know, does it suck for a lot of people? You know, one in five Americans now eat gluten-free. You know, every woman has had a period accident. Every period accident, every person, you know, poops and, and, and does it within a gross way right now. And so there's a huge opportunity there. And then the third question is, can I be passionate about this issue cause or community for a really long time? And, um, you know, the yes, I can be passionate about food for, for long, for my life. I can be passionate about women's issues and, and, you know, eliminating shame. And yes, I can be passionate about, you know, the global sanitation crisis in the planet for the rest of my life. And so that's why I'm very passionate about these, these projects and these products and these innovations, because I see real value for, for myself and for, for other people and for the, for the world. And so, um, so, so that drive just, you know, it just make just makes one, uh, or that belief, it just it just it just fuels the motivation. Mm. And you talk about pain points, and I'm just curious with pain points. Do you have any personal pain points uh, as an entrepreneur in business? And if so, how do you uh, work through your solutions? Um, I um, how do I work through my solutions. Um, I just start by talking to as many people as I can, you know, Hey, what do you think? Oh, Hey, what do you think about this? Oh, what do you think? And then, okay, interesting. Okay. So maybe this strategy will work better. And I kind of gather a lot of the thoughts and the feedback and the comments, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people then ask me questions that I have to like then think about to answer. 
And then, you know, slowly, slowly enough conversations happen that the answer then presents itself and then you try that answer out and you Hmm. see if that thing works and if that thing works and you keep, you keep, you keep putting more energy into that. And if, if it doesn't, doesn't work that particular strategy, then you, then you try something else. It's just like, it's kind of like throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks in the beginning. It's just, that's kind of like how you have to do it. Cause you know, that's how you, that's how you build the data points is by getting data. <laughs> mm. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, do you have any personal pain points? Like for example, with me, I'm, um, I don't like doing social media and I get, I outsource that because, um, that's just, I just work with my strengths. Is there anything like that in, within your business as an entrepreneur, that's a pain point for you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so like right now for my, for, for team Tushy, you know, we are, you know, very, very, you know, we're very scrappy as a team, you know, we're, we're like a 10 person or 11 person team and, um, we need to be, we need to be 20 people. And so we're now in the process of like hiring people and, um, and just getting, you know, getting a lot of, you know, resumes and just interviews and things like that. And I think, you know, the pain point is really picking the right next person. And I think for me, it's been, you know, a whole, a whole thing of just like making sure that, you know, like we pick the right people. Um, and it's like, is this a person right for culture as a person, right for the, 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 the skill set as a person, right for, for this and that. And I think that it's always a scary, scary piece because, you know, it's kind of a marriage in a lot of ways. Right. And so I think, and, and, and one person can make or break a business a lot of, a lot of times in that, like that person can really propel the business forward or it can hold it back. You know what I mean? So, mm, absolutely. so making those, those calls are super, super important. So, you know, I think right now it's not, the, the pain point is just being very understaffed and, and, and trying to, to, uh, you know, outsource that. Um, uh, and for me personally, you know, for a while it was just like wanting to produce content that I was really proud of that, that would, that gave a lot of value to my audience. And I think that, you know, I've, I've, um, been wanting to figure out like how to do that. And I finally found, you know, the right, the right strategy, the right, the right, you know, person, the right people, the right support to, um, help execute that. And so like, that's where, that's why, that's why. So like, yeah, okay. So here's a pain point. Here's just, here's, you know, someone who can really help, help do that. And here's someone who I can outsource or, or give this responsibility to and have them own. And, and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, now it's a content, strategy and content that I'm really proud of. And I'm really, I really, I really is giving a lot of value to people and people are really, you know, like sharing their feedback and their thoughts. And it's really nice to, to, to know that that's happening. So, you know, I think it's just like, okay, problem, solution, problem, solution, problem, solution. And I think that it's often overwhelming when there are so many problems, but I think that you can then just say, all right, well, today I'm going to tackle three of the problems. Today I'm going to tackle one or two of the problems and I'm going to just find the solution today. Darn it. If that's, if we're, whatever it's going to take, I'm going to figure out the solution. And, and then you just start researching, you start attacking the problem, you start meeting and interviewing, talking, and eventually the right solution will present itself. Mm, absolutely. And I think that's a pain point. I think with most entrepreneurs and businesses is actually getting the right people that's aligned with the culture and that is passionate about what you do. 
Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, the other thing I'd love to unpack is, um, thus far, what's been your greatest lesson learned along your adventurous journey? Yeah. Okay. So the greatest lesson I have learned on my adventurous journey has been to, yeah, really, you know, not be a silver lining aholic. <laughs> so, but what that means is, you know, I tend to focus on the positives a lot where it's just like, oh yeah, this person's great because this and that, this person's great because blah, blah, blah. But it's like, okay, but what are the problem points and what are the pain points or what are the points where they can actually not have, like, what are their negatives? And sometimes I hide behind the positive and, 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 and don't face the negative. Um, and that then can create a skewed, skewed vision of, of reality in that, like when then something negative happens or something bad, or the person doesn't do it, you know, I, I put this person on a pedestal and then they don't execute or don't do the thing that I'm like extra sad or extra upset because I've, I've just focused on the positive for so long, you know? So that's just sort of like something that I'm, that I'm, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs have to have that, have to be silver lining aholics because sometimes things are really, really hard and you have to be like, but this is great, you know? Um, and so I think that, you know, to really focus on the full spectrum of each person and each thing and not feel compelled to really focus on just the positive, um, I think is really, really important to do look I can relate to that one I always um always look at the positive side and I think one of the uh one of my buddies actually said to me I'm the same I get super excited I believe in every everything that's you know everyone tells me why wouldn't I and uh and she said to me you know what Catherine instead of getting super excited and giving them the world wait till they show you and then once they've showed you, then you can believe them instead of believing them before they show you. And I was like, that really mm. helped me shift my uh, mindset a yeah. little bit. And instead of being really super excited, yeah, they're going to do this and that, and then be disappointed. It's like, yeah, cool, yeah. all right, let's let's give it a go and uh, show exactly. me. Yep, exactly, exactly, exactly. And that's and that I think is like you know for me just in all of my 15 years of, of business, it's exactly that. Being super excited about someone and being like, ah, and then, and then like, and then, yeah, then, and feeling disappointed or feeling upset or feeling sad, stuff like that. So just like, yeah, it's, it, to, to really feel like I, yeah, show me, show me, keep showing me and, and I will clap, you know, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to just color my glasses because I'm so excited about the possibility or potential of what you can bring to the table. And I think, yeah, that's something that I'm, it's, it's, yeah, that, that, that's a big lesson for me. It's Mm. been a big lesson all my life. Same. Absolutely. Same. (laughs) Sometimes I call it spiritual bypassing when you're actually not seeing it for what, for what it truly is. Well, I mean, I think it's like, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I, I think spiritual bypassing is, is very strong, is a strong term for this. I think it's just just being like, that's why silver lining a holic feels like a better term for me than, because spiritual bypassing is really like saying something that's, that, that you, that, that like, I guess spiritual bypassers like believe that the, the spirit, you know, this in the spirituality, but don't practice it themselves. Like, I just feel like that's, I feel like that, isn't that what spiritual bypassing is? Like they, they spew it, but they don't actually practice it. Mm. Whereas like, I think silver lining aholics, like 
are just genuinely like looking at the at the at the glass half full on the bright side and then get really sad and really disappointed when it doesn't work out. I think it's a bit of a different thing, personally. Yeah, no, I could see that. And see, for me, I guess it means for me it's when it's when things like when shit hits the fan, I'll be going, Oh, it's cool. It's not meant to be. Something better will come along and then you know, and it just keeps on happening. Yeah. So it's not actually owning what's taking place and actually unpacking right. it, going, Oh, okay. So maybe just, you know, why didn't it work out? I just uh, for me it'd be more like, Oh, that's cool, it's all right, everything's cool when maybe it's not. Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Exactly. So it's just it's a constant I mean, like if anything's you know, is any, if anything's constant is that, you know, is that we're things are changing and we're learning, you know, and growing from those experiences. And so I think that, you know, with every, every time I, I get closer and closer to being like, okay, okay, cool. Like I don't have to stress out or freak out about anything because I'm coming in with full expectation. Like, I mean, full, like eyes wide open and not like one eye shut and like, you know, so it's just like, okay, then I'm less, I feel like I'm less of a roller coaster in my spiritually, if, I'm able to see the full picture right off the bat. So mm. just to practice that constantly is important. So it's like I feel like you're saying you're more present in everything that you do now. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Love it. So, Mickey, if we were to go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, what advice would I give my younger self? I would say... Um, yeah, just choose every decision wisely, you know, slow down. It's okay to take a breath and not feel like so rushed, you know, and I feel like I'm still learning that, but I think I, I was, you know, chicken with my head cut off for a long time and just trying to like put out fires. I've been an entrepreneur for so long since my, since 24, 25 years old. And so I've been kind of like on the hustle mode for so long that I think that, you know, to really give myself a, some time to just like, oh, take a breath. You know, I think I was just like years of like seven days of weekers. And I think that that took, that took a, a bit of a toll on my body. You know, I have a bit of a thyroid issue that I'm now, you know, working through now. And I think so much of it, it has to do with like adrenals being just shot for years and years and years of just being like seven days a week, 9am to 2am, like, you know, nonstop. And, you know, to really, to really, to really give myself a just a, a minute, you know? So, um, I think that's what, you know, so as of like, as of a few weeks ago, I, I basically stopped working on Fridays in that, like I'm stopping taking calls and meetings for my company and like, and really just doing like personal stuff that I really enjoy and love and, um, and, and not, and not so much doing a lot of, a lot of, running around constantly giving myself space to think and to really ponder and to like dream and to envision and stuff like that. And, and I think that's super important to me and my spirit and my health. Mm, absolutely. Isn't it interesting how sometimes it takes something like that for us to stop and go, yeah. my gosh, my health is so much more ha uh, important than, than mm -hmm. working like a, you know, completely, like you said, uh -huh, a chicken that. without a head. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So where to yeah. from here for you? What's your next project? Anything new that's bubbling in your mind? Yeah, working on five new inventions right now. Wow. Um, three are in the baby space. Um, one is in the women's space. And um, 
One of them is in just the general household item space. Um, and, uh, and they're all innovations. They're all environmentally friendly. They're all like helping divert single use, you know, products from landfills, but using really considered design to elevate the human experience, but while eliminating single use um, products. So they're all, they're all in that vein. So really excited to, to share them out when they, when they launch, so stay tuned. But yeah, definitely working on a bunch of new inventions. Well, keep us posted so we can help you uh, spread the word. I just think you're such an inspirational woman. It's amazing. So as we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. So what would be that one word for you? Um, it would be disruption. Of course. Absolutely. And the other thing we love to ask our woman of inspiration as we wrap up the show is to share three shiny gold nuggets for our listeners. So what would be like three practical exercises that you would like to leave for our audience? Yeah. Um, one of them is to, you know, really practice how to become a warrior gatekeeper of your mind, um, which is really every single thing that enters your brain catch it, catch the thought, become aware of the thought entering your brain. Then you can name it. And then you can say like, for example, it's like judgy Judy's entering my brain, stuff like that. And you're like, Oh, I'm not going to let this judgy Judy come in. I'm not going to let mean Margie come in. I'm not going to let, you know, down in the dumps, Debbie, you know what I mean? In the, like into my brain, like I'm just going to enter creative, Clara, you know, and I'm going to allow, you know, um, you know, like decision making Deborah, like really just like the right people in my brain. Cause it was, cause like we, what, what we don't realize is how much junk and negative self-talk exists in our minds and, and to really stop that from happening, we have to be, 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 do it actively and be, do it like with, with absolute, like with, with action. And so you catch the negative thought um, and then what, what happens is when you start catching negative thoughts and not letting them into the gate of your mind, then you start to have so much space and opening for creativity, for positivity, for friendship, for love, for new ideas, new thoughts, like magic to come through. Um, so definitely practice that, try that. And then, um, I would also, you know, recommend people that when they do become overcome with emotion and upset specifically, um, in a negative way to practice pattern interruption and in my book, both of these things, you know, becoming a warrior gatekeeper of your mind and practicing pattern interruption are both in my book, disrupt her. Um, and so what that means is just like, you know, like when a baby, for example, is crying and crying and crying, the way you interrupt the pattern of the baby crying is you pick her up or you distract her, or you show her something or you, you know, jump in the bath with her or you, him or, you know, or you read him a book or you say a word or you say something that kind of like gets them out of their like, you know, fit. And I think when we're, we're, we're all big babies, you know? And so like when we're spiraling to like stand up and walk around or stand up and leave the room and enter again or walk outside for a second and just <sighs> take a breath and then walk back in, you know, like stuff like that. Just give yourself a break and a beat to then interrupt the pattern to then like get back to your homeostasis and calm. And I think that um, it's so important to do. And, and I can feel my, my like blood rush to my face. And, and I know when it's time for me to like interrupt the pattern and just walk outside and like take a breath or 
just breathe for a few minutes. And, you know, another thing I would suggest is to, for everyone to put reminders in their phone for things like take three long, deep breaths, you know, like in my phone, like every hour or two I have in my phone, you know, take three long, deep breaths. And sometimes I'm just like, I'm like, oh yeah, sometimes I like forget to breathe because I'm always like typing something or doing something. It's not that I don't forget, but I'm like not breathing deeply. I mean, not breathing deeply, like we don't, we're not thinking as deeply or as clearly. And so just to remind myself to do that is so important. And, and like, you know, I'm trying to get back to meditating midday. Hasn't happened quite yet, um, but we're working on it. That's our next big thing that we're, we're, we're working on to try and really just take a moment midday to spend 15 minutes just sitting. And, um, so yeah, that's, 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 that's coming in the mornings. I, I do it. Um, but I'd like to do a midday one. Um, and it helps me a lot. So those are really practical things that I think are universal and important for everyone. Mm, I love them. And I really love the breathing one. I mean, for three minutes, there's all this research now that when you do the heart and, um, uh, heart and mind co- co- uh, breathing where you're coherent, um, it actually lasts for six hours. So if you actually were to do that for just three minutes a day um, or even twice a day, um, you're actually helping uh, stabilize your mind and your heart. I'm really curious with the um, – I love the warrior gatekeeper. You've got like Judgy Judy. Like have, how many personas have you created to go, I don't want to – you know, I want to I deal with uh, creative – Catherine or whatever that may be like yeah. how many how many personas do you have just as you're noticing you'll just start naming them again you'll just start coming up with them so there's I mean dozens I'm sure you know like we have so many sides of ourselves mm. oh there's self-pitying Sally you know there's like victim Vanessa like you know it's just like all these things and you're like nope not not gonna play this game today like I'm only gonna let you know, like jubilant, you know, like Jaleesa come in or whatever. I love it. So yeah, just, just really kind of decide what kind of day you want to have, you know? And I think that I, you know, I think that we off, it's so easy to let negative thoughts come in. It's so it's much harder to let good thoughts come in the same way. It's like when, when you're a parent, it's so much easier to say, sure, go ahead, go, go to that party or go drink that drink or go, you know, watch TV or go like, you know, if your kid being like, mom, can I? And you're like, it's so much easier to say. My dad and my mom used to always tell me that. Do you know how much easier it would be for me to say yes to you right now? Do you know yes. how much easier it would be for me to say yes? It's, it, you know how much harder it is for me to say no, that, that I know it's going to be a fight. I know you're going to cry. I know you're going to hate me. I know you're going to argue, but I know that this is the right decision. And so, Sometimes it's like, it's harder, like the harder things feels like, ugh, it's so much easier to do the lazier things and just say yes, or just, you know, sit on your couch instead of go to the gym or whatever. Like, but every time we actually do the harder thing, it's, it's like catching the thoughts and naming them and, and, and saying no and, and only letting the good things. Like every time I practice that, it's just like, I'm always like, God, I feel so much better. Like, I feel so much better in my life. Like, why don't I do that every day? Same thing with meditation. Like, I kick myself every time I don't because I'm like, my days are so much better when I meditate. Like, I'm so much calmer and in my body and like, you know, and so we always are just like, gosh, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's, 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 these are all things that, 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 that I, I remember every time, which then makes it easier to do it again and again and again. 
And you're a new mum too, aren't you? Yeah, I have a two-year-old. I have an, yeah, the best baby. It's, part, it's probably, you know, I was saying all these things I did in the beginning and I, and then I stopped and I was like, oh my God, like probably the most important thing is being a new, is being a mom. And, and I love it. And I love my boy. And I, I think he's just a bee's knees and, um, and, uh, and he just makes me so happy. And, you know, so yeah, I, I'm definitely, you know, working on number two right now trying very hard to see, like, manifest that. And it'll happen. I just, I just be patient and, you of know. Of course it'll happen. <laughs> you make things happen, darling. Yeah. Yep. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, Mickey, where's the best place for our listeners to find you? Um, you can definitely find me on Instagram at Mickey Agrawal. I also have this really fun course, a 52 week course that's free. And, you know, I spent all summer with my, with my team working on this course, um, which basically looks at disrupting your life, your, you know, your, your business, your mindset, everything in your in your world and every week you get a nugget from me, a little video, a little nugget of wisdom question. You have to join our Facebook community of doers and creators and disruptors. And it's all hundred percent free. All you have to do is sign up for it, subscribe to it. There's like no catches, nothing. So if you just go to mickeyagrawal.com and you click on the subscribe page, you can just add your name there or on my Instagram, you could just go to my link tree on my Instagram and you just click on it and you just subscribe right there. Subscribe to my 52 moves and, um, and it'll really help propel propel yourself forward. So I hope people check it out. And then also, of course, check out hellotushy.com. It will change your life. <laughs> I will uh, we'll have that on the show notes. I absolutely love what you do. You're, like I said, one hell of an inspirational entrepreneur. I just can't thank you enough for coming on the show and for your time, your energy, and sharing your story with us. Thank you so very much. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care of yourself.